sorry I don't love you A phrase I've grown accustomed to Cause with you if something isn't wrong Something isn't wrong Something isn't right I wish you could be happy Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is back this week and we have on Mitchell McDonald. He has not been on this podcast yet, but he has been on my other podcast, Misaligned, before and today we're going to be talking all about Carly Rae Jepsen. Mitchell, how are you doing today? I'm I'm doing really good. You know, when you want me to come on a podcast to talk about like one of my favorite things, well, <laughs> I don't know, um, I really couldn't say no. So here I am. Let's do it. <laughs> Yeah, and we do have a sponsor today. Today's show is brought to you by Vinyl Me Please. I figured this was a good sponsor for this episode. Pick them out and everything. Oh, yeah. And you can join their Record of the Month Club at joinvmp.com slash geekdompod. And I'll have that in the show notes and everything. It'll be linked to there so you guys don't have to worry about remembering it or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a really cool service. Um, we found one of their records at Amoeba. My girlfriend did. It's the nice. record from this band called Tennis. It's like a really cool variant. It's really good layout. It's got like it comes with like a art print and like a cocktail recipe and like a book documenting the making of the album. It's really it's a really cool package. Oh, wow. That one sounds like it has a little bit extra, but mm -hmm. I will tell you all about Vinyl Me Plays some more later on in the episode. But <laughs> Right now, we're going to dive in. We're not going to start with her very first album, simply because I don't know if it was even on Apple Music when I looked her up. So it feels like her career really starts with Kiss from 2012, and that is the album that has Call Me Maybe on there. So that feels like a good place to start to talk about the majority of her career, I guess you could say. And yeah. Mitchell, were you aware of her before Call Me Maybe came out as a single or was that sort of your introduction to her? I think, yeah, it was. I was actually just listening to her first album is called Tug of War. Um, it's very much I, I just listened to a little bit of it. I think I've listened to it maybe once or twice. It's very much like that Colby Callier, like Sheryl Crow, like that early 2000s, like poppy singer songwriter very like light girly kind of thing but uh okay no yeah yeah so call me maybe was definitely the first thing i or really anybody who didn't watch her on canadian idol probably heard from her because it was this huge you couldn't avoid that song right i think it came out like early 2012 i think and it was like one of those big songs that um everyone decided to do like their version on youtube of right I remember there were so many. I remember I saw this one that somebody like stitched together like all the characters from the Star Wars movies singing it and that I posted it on Tumblr and it got like more things on Tumblr than any of my other posts or all of my other posts put together. <laughs> but yeah, that song was huge and I think um, it got huge because didn't just she was she's like friends with Justin Bieber because he's also Canadian and I think they have like the same agent Scooter Braun and that's how uh, she kind of first gained fame is with that crowd and then the song is just so absurdly poppy and catchy that you can't unhear it right and it was just everywhere I just remember you couldn't escape it for that first half that whole year of 2012. 
Yeah, I do remember sort of growing tired of that song simply because it was so overplayed and everything. And it wasn't that it was a bad song. I was just like, okay, I have heard the song over and over and over again. And for me, I was just like, okay, this is really starting to feel like, you know, some of those Taylor Swift songs that get overplayed a lot. And I don't know if the song I'm specifically thinking of from Taylor Swift came out before or after that, but... Is it It's a Love Story, Baby, Just Say Yes? No, it's okay. one of the We're Never Ever Ever Getting Back Together song. I don't even know what it's actually called. <laughs> I think that's what it's called. I think We're Never Getting Back Together. Um, I think that was the year after, but... Yeah, it's like the. I think there's like some kind of formula or something that these that some of these uh, pop songs tap into, where they literally like weasel into your brain and then won't leave. Like I also feel like that single ladies song from Beyonce kind of had that like earworminess, that infectiousness to it, where you literally it's it's there, man, it's in your head. And um, but yeah, uh, I was listening to Kiss. Because I remember after the album initially came out that I was kind of in the punk scene. I wasn't really listening to like any pop music at that point. But um, some of the like hardcore punk guys, like I remember like some of the no sleep like people um, were posting about that album and saying like, oh, this album is like so good and that, to check it out. And so I checked out Kiss uh, back then, but I it, it's very and I was just listening to it now. And I remember why I wasn't huge on it is it was very that pop sound of that era like that just super infectious and kind of electronic but like just really just like cutesy pop and when I was just listening to it um this week and recently it's I feel like it hasn't aged well really at all um Call Me Maybe is still like a fun song because it was such a big thing I think right but Man, I it's hard for me to look at this album and see what I would take from it. Maybe like the first three tracks are pretty solid. But yeah, I don't feel like Kiss has really aged that well. And that's okay. I mean, because it is what made her it is what got her on the map. And that's great to have success like that as an artist, I think. But uh, yeah, and that that good time song. How do you feel about that song? Have you heard it? The Owl City song? Yeah, I was actually just going to bring that up because okay. she has the duet with Al City and she has one with Justin Bieber on this album. So it really right. just feels like they were trying to put her in, you know, sort of this genre oh, of yeah. pop music in itself because we get various different types of pop music. You know, you have someone like Adele, but then you'll have someone like Rihanna, and they're technically both still pop artists, but they're completely different artists at the same time. And I think they were trying to just really find a place for her with Kiss and, you know, putting Al City on a song and putting Justin Bieber on a song. They were like, okay, this is the kind of pop artist you're going to be. And I don't know if that entirely worked really well. I know Call Me Maybe was really huge, but I can't really recall hearing any other songs from that album too much on the radio. Yeah. I mean, Good Time was out there. Yeah. I I didn't even realize that was her. For a long time, I was just like, oh, it's an Owl City song. And then it's like, oh, she's on this. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, especially when you when I was like just listening to Tug of War, her first album, like you can totally tell that they're like, okay, we're going to take you and completely reinvent you. 
and you're going to be a pop star and you're going to be huge. And you're, we're going to have Justin Bieber on here and we're going to have Al City on here and it's going to get major push and you're going to be this crazy pop star. Um, I, the other, another pop artist that I really like um, is Ellie Golding, And I feel like a similar thing happened to her with that song Lights, because before that she was kind of like an acoustic kind of singer songwriter type. But then when that song came out, they just like put her on SNL. They put her on like all these, they had her featuring on all these other tracks. And now she's this huge pop dance artist. And with both of these, with both of them, I kind of get the feeling that they're not, I don't want to say born to be pop stars, but they kind of don't exactly have like the Katy Perry or like the Taylor Swift or like that kind of personality, especially when I've seen them perform. Um, just because I feel like they're, they're not phoning it in necessarily, but I feel like they're not, they don't like own the stage in a way that like those superstar kind of pop star divas kind of do. And that's just, that's just my personal take. I could be totally wrong, but that's just the way I felt, uh, just from seeing their careers and kind of seeing them perform live once or twice, each of them. Yeah. And I literally just now looked up how old Carly Rae Jepsen is and she is 31 and I (laughs) would have never guessed that because the way her songs sound it sounds like you know they're trying to fit her into this early 20s sort of song lyrics and just the pop music in general and you know it's interesting looking at someone like her and someone like Adele because when Adele was 19, she already had this maturity that sort of far outweighed a lot of pop artists. Oh, yeah. And you honestly would think Adele is older than she is. Meanwhile, with Carly Rae Jepsen, they're making her seem a lot younger than she is, yeah. especially with, you know, like you said, the cutesy pop songs and everything mm-hmm. like that. And I can't believe it took me until literally right now to look up how old she yeah. was. Isn't that wild? She was like 25 or 26 when Call Me Maybe came out. Yeah. And that's that crazy. Is like such like a high school, if even younger, aiming song. Um, when I saw her last year, yeah, when I saw her last year, I... I guess wasn't I just wasn't expecting this, but like so much of the audience was children, like so much. Yeah, I I think me and my two friends who are like these two a little bit older than me, like hardcore punk dudes, were probably like the only people of that ilk there. It was very safe, <laughs> right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, she's she's definitely taken a. I think that's that's probably why I felt that way about the Kiss album is because she was a little bit older than most of these pop stars like these like Ariana Grande's and Demi Lovato's and all these other ones coming up is she's got quite a few years on them. And then so that means that Emotion would have come out when she was like 28, 29. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, she's definitely her. And even on Emotion, I I don't know if you want to get into it right now, but I would say that a lot of the songs still feel pretty innocent and kind of looking for that very youthful, innocent kind of feeling. Yeah, and we can go ahead and go into Emotion because I know (laughs) you and I think this is probably her better album. And I know we talked about the Side B release and we even enjoyed that a bit more than the actual album release but we'll get into that part later but with 
emotion. I feel like I wasn't really hearing any of these songs on the radio necessarily, and yet I still found myself somehow familiar with at least a few of the songs on the album. And I think overall, it's just a little more put together than Kiss was. And you sort of get not quite a huge sense of maturity with her music, but you can tell it feels like she had a bit more say in how things went down and everything with this album. And I think that is something that made it a better listen at least for me and i'm pretty sure you know you are on the same page as i am with this release i'll take you i'll see your emotion is pretty good and i'll raise you it's i would say any song on emotion at least the standard release is as good to better than every song on kiss maybe i don't want to sh- i don't want to like shit on that album but i j- i don't want to understate like how good i think that this record is um because I would say like any song except for Call Me Maybe on Kiss. But yeah, this album kind of changed my view of pop music. It kind of changed like how I view a lot of music. I would say it was a big, important record for me. The first time I listened to it, it was just like, oh, listen to this Carly Rae Jepsen album. A bunch of people in the punk scene like it. And I was like, okay. And then the first time I was like, oh, it's pretty good. And then the second time I was like, oh my God, what is happening? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, I think it, really conjures everything that was good about pop music in the 80s and like 90s. It's just kind of like a collection of amalgamated sounds that come together and are pieced together really expertly um, by her and her producers on this record. I think she wrote, after Kiss, I think she wrote like 200 songs during the Emotion Sessions and worked with like something crazy like 30 different producers. I don't know how many producers, but uh, yeah, there there's a lot listed here. I'm looking at the writers and producers and she yeah. co-wrote all of the songs, which means mm-hmm. she probably wrote at least the skeletons for the songs. And mm-hmm. then when she went into the studio, tweaks were made and everything because some of the co-writes are with the producers that she worked with. So it's safe to say that she definitely left, you know, her mark on these songs. And I don't mm-hmm. know what exactly that ratio was for Kiss if she even was asked to (laughs) give her opinion on the songs or if they sort of just wrote everything for her and gave it to her and was like, okay, here's a bunch of songs, big ones. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It does. I'm looking at Kiss. It does look like she has uh, a credit on all of these songs. Most of these. Yeah. So that's, that's good. I was, I watched a couple like behind the scenes videos or like her talking about, emotion and I think that her what she wanted to do with it was just work with as many people as possible I saw like a video of her in this studio working with Keegan and Sarah Um, I saw another video of her working with uh, Dev Hines who's another big producer I know that the song on it making the most of the night was originally a Sia song and I've heard the Sia version and I'm really glad she gave it to (laughs) Carly Because Sia, like, she has her own style very much. And she right. kind of, like, really sings out really hard. And it's kind of not what Carly Rae Jepsen does. And I think Sia also co-wrote uh, Boy Problems on it, which is one of my favorite songs on the record. Um, 
But yeah, I just know that she worked with so many different and it was like just this massive, massive project. And I think originally what she wanted to do with the record was release like a 20 song album because she had all these songs. And I think I don't know how many of the bonus tracks you've heard on here that are because there's the bonus tracks and then there's Emotion Side B. And then there's also the new single, which I believe is from this session as well. So altogether, that's what, like 26 songs that have made it out from this record. So, I mean, at least we got so many of them. Yeah. And it looks like after just the deluxe edition for here, there were Target bonus tracks, and then there was <laughs> another Japanese bonus track, and then there was a bonus DVD with the Japanese deluxe edition. <laughs> so yeah. there was definitely a lot of content that she had for this because with the DVD, you're getting music videos, behind the scenes, and a studio webisode for the making of the album, which is actually pretty cool. Why that's only in the Japanese deluxe edition, though, is a little odd. You would think that would be something they would release at least here and probably Canada. I'm sure Canada likes them some Carly Rae Jepsen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did want to talk a little bit about something adjacent to that, which is this album underperformed commercially i think yeah. for for the for the ex expectations that were on it and i know that it had a very very strange rollout i know that like the first single was i really like you and that came out pretty early in the year i think it came out in like april or june of that year and it didn't even like it wasn't it was just like oh here's my new single it didn't even have like emotion it wasn't like the album was announced later so it didn't, it was just like her single. And then it's like, oh, by the way, later they announced that it's going to be on this record. And then I think that the record came out like a week earlier in Japan for some reason. Okay. Before of its like, before it's like national or North American release, which is very, very strange. I don't know why they would do that. Yeah. And I think that when you get like your studio and your management, like kind of fucking things up like that for you, that's kind of makes it very confusing for the fans, especially when it's kind of an album with a very different new sound than your previous hit that um, that's going to that's going to make it difficult. So I think that definitely contributed to why the album supposedly didn't didn't perform as well as they'd hoped. But I think it's it's OK because it's found very much a cult following. I, I don't know how much how familiar you are with all these memes and stuff going on on the interwebs. Not regarding very. this album <laughs> on her. I don't know if you follow her on Instagram, but on her Instagram, whenever she posts anything and it could be like the most innocuous thing, like it could be like, oh, having a little tea for breakfast, people will post queen of tea or queen of teacups or oh, my God, Carly Rae Jepsen invented Tea or like something crazy like that or it'll just be like oh i'm standing on this wall right here and it'll be like <laughs> oh my god queen of leaning or queen of walls or whatever the color is of the wall it's just like that seems very... excessive <laughs> it is but it's great she she's definitely found very much a cult fan base i think and i really hope that her that they let her kind of ride that and kind of go into that and appeal to them because it's hard when she she doesn't I get the vibe that she doesn't really like to tour. I think she only did one like major US tour for this album. That okay. was when we saw her last year. I feel like she doesn't isn't like a big touring musician. She more likes to kind of like write songs and kind of 
live her life and just kind of I on I would describe her existence as very much like a manic pixie dream girl esque appearance on the internet and I think that's what she likes to do I really think that she um just kind of wants to make her music and doesn't isn't like huge on performing or touring that's like not for her so I would say if you ever get a chance to see her it is like you should definitely go uh I think she played in LA she played in LA at Pride last year and um, I wanted to go, but it was either the day before or the day after my graduation and no one else wanted to go. And Pride is in West Hollywood and it's kind of a nightmare to go to West Hollywood on a normal day. So, <laughs> yeah. Festival going on. And I think also that 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 horrible um, nightclub shooting had happened right then, too. So it was just a lot of stuff and I had to miss it, but I still am kind of very upset that I did but any that's neither here nor there so <laughs> yeah and we were talking a little bit about this before with this album not getting quite as much radio play as it basically just call me maybe God and you know m maybe good time a little bit but I feel like the first half of the album at least had like a good three or four songs you could have really oh, pushed on the radio mm -hmm. And it was just a little sad to see that they didn't do that. And like you said, it seems like they had some problems with this release, whether it was, you know, the management side, the label side, what have you. So it'll mm -hmm. be interesting to see if what she works on next sort of gets her back to that level or if she's sort of just content with having more of a cult fan base now and continues to do cool things like working with Tegan and Sarah and maybe even <laughs> branching out and writing songs for other pop artists. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think I don't really listen to the radio. Yeah, I me either. Wonder, I feel like I really like you may have gotten radio play. I think it said somewhere on here that it reached somewhere on the charts at one point. But okay. I feel like Run Away With Me or Emotion or that's or that song or Gimme Love or Boy Problems. This this album is like every song could be a single conceivably. I, every song on here is better than things I have heard on the radio. Right. <laughs> In the times that I have listened to the radio. But um, and then it's funny because uh, if we talk about like some of the bonus tracks here, like there's a song called I Didn't Just Come Here to Dance. OK. That's like totally like a 90s like nightclub banger. That is just like, if that were on the standard track list, oh my God, <laughs> this record. And then if we get into like side B too, that's another eight songs that I think are really strong. Um, so yeah, it is really a bummer that it hasn't found that success. But I don't know, maybe she's cool with it. Maybe, I, I think when you have a song as big as Call Me Maybe, it probably puts stuff into perspective for you. Right. Just, uh in that you know what it's like to take over the world for a second. <laughs> yeah, well, we will get into side B. But first, let me mm -hmm. tell the listeners a little bit more about Vinyl Me Please. So for all of you listeners of Welcome to Geekdom, Vinyl Me Please is a vinyl record of the month club. It's actually the best record club. So every month, they feature one album that is essential to the modern vinyl collection. And they send it to thousands of members worldwide. And like Mitchell was saying earlier, you get some extra stuff in there. You get, you know, a 12 by 12 piece of art. You get a cocktail recipe. And then you will even occasionally get some 
extra things in there. And again, the link for that is joinvmp.com forward slash geekdom. And like I said, I'll have that in the show notes. And another great thing about the membership is that you can literally cancel it whenever you want. It's not like you have to sign up for a year or anything like that. You could sort of just pick and choose which albums are ones that you're interested in and you can pick those up and then cancel and subscribe again and everything like that. So definitely check it out. It's pretty easy to find something that you'll be into because they curate such an eclectic group of albums and it's something different each month. It's not like they focus on a single genre or anything like that. So again, the link is joinvmp.com forward slash geekdom. And I just want to thank Vinyl Me Please for sponsoring this episode. And now we will talk about Emotion Side B, which we have brought up a few times already. Well, yeah, it's part it's part of the whole package, I feel like, at this point. I think what initially happened was, like I said, she brought like a 20-song-ish album to her label, and she was like, can we release this, please? I had to whittle it down so much. Um, these are ready to go. And I think what they what that compromise that ended up happening was they were like, okay, we'll put out like 12 song standard and then like a five songs on the deluxe and then if it does well we can kind of release the rest another chunk of songs in like a year which is what ended up happening so i guess it did well enough or they figured they should might as well put them out but either way i'm very happy we got them but yeah there's some really great tracks on here uh first time and body language and higher are just total pop jams that i could see on the radio there's a song on here I'm going to tell you a story. Have you heard the the store song? Yes, I was listening to this earlier and I was okay, like, perfect. oh my goodness, I forgot how much this song makes me laugh <laughs> because it just seems so ridiculous. <laughs> so this is deep trivia, um, but she, I was looking at videos for her at one point before this album came out uh, in the year between Emotion and Emotion Side B. Um, and she had this very goofy, you can, I think you can still find it. It's kind of hard to find, but it should be on YouTube. It's like an anti-smoking advertisement that she did in Canada. Okay. And she's, she, I don't remember the exact like ad of it, but basically she's like, instead, my anti-smoking, like what I do instead of smoking is I go shopping. And then in the background, it's like, so it's like her like at like a little boutique store. And in the background you hear, I'm just going to the store, to the store. I'm just going to the store. And it's like a very like acoustic sing-songy kind. I think it was probably around her first album. Like maybe it was even before uh, Call Me Baby. I'm not sure. But so this this melody for the chorus of the store song was from this uh, PSA she did in Canada years and years ago. And I think it's so hilarious that she saved it and reworked it and released it like 10 years later as like this kind of goofy but fun like chorus to the song where it doesn't really fit, but it's really fun. And I think that it's just, really funny that she kept that and that's a little easter egg for any fans out there yeah i just think it it definitely sort of fits with the b-side feel to the release and everything but when you look at that compared to first time which is the first track and that just has such a radio vibe and like a much more serious topic to it you're kind of just like what what is going on here and i think it's a nice addition simply because it sort of gives you that break and you're like, okay, you know, she's having fun with this one. And that's oh, yeah. something I think all artists need to do once in a while. But I do really like 
a lot of the songs on side B. And it's interesting to me what they chose to then put in emotion and then leave out and put together for this because I feel like first time is something that could have easily fit in pretty well with the album. Yeah, definitely. The thing is uh, about emotion that's so hard for me is like, which songs would you cut? Right. Like they're they're all so good. And I think there's just this abundant, maybe they should have just put out the 20 song album. I don't know. But yeah, like first time on here is as good as any song. Hire's great. Um, and then there's a couple like more moody, like softer, slower songs on here, like Roses and uh, uh, Cry that are also just really, really good. So I think this is just like what a great era for an artist to have just this collection of music that's gonna I think it's it's definitely I, I definitely feel like it's going to age better than anything else she's done and anything else that a lot of the other pop artists right now are doing, I think, in my opinion, just because it channels this like 80s sort of early 90s kind of sound that and just does it really well and she worked with all these songwriters that just I think really executed on here like I've shared this Emotions a great album because I've shared it with just people from like any fans of music you don't have to like be I've shared this like with a ton of my friends who really love punk and they're like oh shit this is good this is really good like I can't hate on this there are very there are only like a couple of people that I feel like are unwilling to like this album because it's great. I, I feel like it's one of the hardest albums to to criticize and <laughs> maybe I'm biased, but at this point it's just, oh, it's just created like, I, I'll even put this out there. Um, so there's an app called Tinder that you can use to meet other young people or people your age and you can put a song on it that is like your song I think it's called your Tinder anthem. And Interesting. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, whatever, right? So I put Run Away With Me on there. <laughs> I put Run Away With Me on there. And um, that is actually part of how I met my current girlfriend. <laughs> is She saw that song and she's like, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> and she's like, when you had Carly Rae Jepsen on your profile, that's how I knew that, there was, that you were different. <laughs> Yeah, to that she's I think that's hilarious. Um, (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the last thing I think we want to talk about, as far as you know, specifically discussing the music, is her new single "Cut to the Feeling." Oh yeah. I recall this coming out, but then I don't know if I listened to it once and just sort of forgot about it because that's sort of what I do with a lot of new singles if albums don't come out shortly thereafter. But I don't have the time to invest in this right now. (laughs) Well, I'm much more of an album person. I mean, if I'm doing something where I don't want to be focusing on the music, I'll put on playlists and whatnot on Apple Music. But this is actually from a film. So it was supposed to be on Emotion, then it was supposed to be on Side B, and then they were like, okay, never mind, we'll just use this with the film, and that's how this song was released. So it's still part of that collection of songs she wrote during the production of Emotion and everything like that. So I think, you know, this song is getting a lot more critical praise than I think emotion did because Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for this and I know a lot of people used to say Wikipedia is not reliable but (laughs) they've got it a lot better and it says here that spin nylon and billboard all 
put this song on their 50 best songs of 2017 so far list and spin put it at number one which seems odd for spin because they normally don't always cater to the big pop artists Mm. so i think the fact that sites as big as those three are paying attention to this song and giving it that kind of praise could be a good sign for whatever she ends up coming up with next because maybe then a lot more people will be paying attention to that and we'll see it do at least a little bit better than emotion did which i think should have done better to begin with because it is a really good album yeah oh man i hope so man <laughs> i i just want all the good things in the world for her but um yeah the song the song is excellent uh it's just really poppy and just really big and infectious and catchy and just such a great such a great summer track uh i think the movie that it's from is called leap it's like a kids it's like an anime a 3d like animated french canadian yeah, it's called movie. something else in Canada, but it is yeah. Leap Here. It's called Ballerina There, which okay. I don't like. Why not just keep it Ballerina? I don't really know why they do that, because it's not like Ballerina isn't a word we know here. You want to appeal to both genders of children who know what that is. Anyway, it's, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's super good. I People were saying that like, oh, this is the new single for her new album. And I don't really think that that's the case. Sadly, I'd love for it to be but um just when you see her on social media it really looks like she's kind of doing the same thing she did for the last album i think at one point she posted oh i'm like i've had 50 songs written for the next album but i haven't really seen her doing that much like recording or doing anything other that would say that she's like in the studio with these songs i feel like she's just writing but um yeah i really hope that this song and that kind of the cult following that she's gained from emotion will lead to her next album being uh, a really big success because she certainly deserves it as much to more than a lot of the other pop artists that you see these days <laughs> think that, that she has a little bit more heart or is less, I don't know, formulaic, but a lot of people are doing kind of the 80s sound, but I just think she does it best right now. Um, so yeah, I, I, I really, I really love this song. And I think that this era is just one of the strongest that any pop star has, has done um, in like the current music scape. Yeah, so I just want to briefly do a little bit of general discussion. A lot of it's probably going to be speculation, basically, because you mentioned her working with Tegan and Sarah and with the direction that Paramore went with their oh, recent wow. album. Yeah, you're just wheeling me into another thing I'd love to talk about. Yes, I am. Wouldn't it be great if she worked on something with it doesn't even need to be Paramore as a whole necessarily, but if, you know, she had Haley Williams on a future song or something like that, I think there are a lot of people who they're big artists like Paramore and Tegan and Sarah, but they aren't, you know, these big superstars like Adele, Beyonce, Rihanna, and those big pop stars, but they have enough of a following to where I think she could probably find a place in that space if being a huge mainstream pop artist doesn't end up working out for her, which I think, you know, there she'd still be able to thrive and have a really good and pretty long career Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, um, that Paramore record is so good. And it's also very much doing the like 80s pop thing that that a lot of artists, I feel like Carly Rae has done it best, but I think that After Laughter is a close second because that album, my God, I listen to it a lot, uh, most days. (laughs) But yeah, I think that Paramore is kind of in that like B or C level, like pop stardom thing right Right. now. And I think that Carly Rae Jepsen could definitely fit right there because they both kind of Paramore having come from like the punk scene or whatever you want to call it, like the, the alt press scene. Um, and Carly Rae kind of just developing this internet culture around her. I think they both could really, if they work together, that would be pretty wild. I think that Haley more does the, did the lyrics for after laughter. And right. I think it was more like Taylor and Zach who were doing the, the really groovy kind of music to it. But yeah, if they could, if she could find a way to tap into that or it, it takes any influence from that sort of sound that's happening, um, that would be great. I was reading some interviews with her and she was just kind of talking about uh, the writing of the new album or the new songs. And she said that they're very experimental and they're a little bit darker. I don't know what that means. But I think that she definitely experimented a lot on emotion and I, I think it played like gangbusters. So I'm I'm just I, I I'm pretty confident the album is so good. I'm pretty confident that whatever she does will be pretty good. <laughs> whatever she does next. And yeah, I can't I, I would expect maybe I, I can pre- I'm pretty positive it won't be this year at this point. Um, but hopefully maybe like next summer, next fall, we can hear someone from her, I hope. Yeah. And I would think that even maybe later this year, we might get a, another single or something from her, whether or not it's tied to a movie. I think that sort of just depends because we don't entirely know a lot of information about movie soundtracks really until the movie's a lot closer to coming out because that's not you know, necessarily a first priority for movies. It's not like, okay, let's get all the songs for this movie we haven't even filmed or done any editing for yet. (laughs) I think that's... When they're Carly Rae Jepsen songs, they's important. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know that there is one other song that is on the soundtrack of that Leap movie. I think it's like a ballad. I think it's called Runaways. Okay. I heard like a clip of it, but I don't... I assume they'll post the whole the the whole song when if when and if they release the like proper soundtrack for that movie. But that's all I really know about right now. Um, I know she's only played like two or three shows this year. I know one was like in Chicago last week that was like a free M&M's sponsored show that looked like a total party. It looked awesome. And then I know the other song or not the other show she did was. Um, in Toronto with like an orchestra performing behind her, which, oh my God, I wish I could have gone to that. Or I hope they recorded it or something. I need to see that. Yeah. And it looks like when Cut to the Feeling came out, mm-hmm. it was like listed under the album Spread Love on Shazam or something like that. So I think that gave a lot of people false hope kind of because it's not actually I do remember the seeing album. like yeah, I do remember seeing that that was somebody, it was like a hot leak on one of those gossip sites, new Carly Rae Jepsen album. And I was like, really? I was like, okay, if you say so. 
I mean, I like I want to believe, but at the same time, like being a music fan, you get so skeptical of artists unless they say it themselves, really. Yeah, and it looks like nothing was even ever confirmed for that. So yeah, I, I, I wouldn't that. take it too seriously, but it'll be interesting to see because of the fact that Emotion was already a couple of years ago at mm-hmm. this point, and then Side B was almost a year ago, coming up in August. So mm-hmm. it's kind of getting to be around that time where she would probably be releasing something towards the end of the year if not early next year whether it's a single or you know she gives us another little ep or something like that yeah i i really want that but at the same time like when she says she wrote like 200 songs to make emotion like i'm like okay girl you just take your time you do what you got to do i'll get it when it's done i don't want like to to interrupt the process or to it's it's i don't know i feel like I want as much music from her right now because she's just been crushing it. But at the same time, I want I do, I want musicians to have the time to like make sure that they're doing the best that they can and that they're happy with their art and that they are doing like the right thing. And then like I don't know, I'm fans I'm a fan of like a lot of these other like bands like the easiest one to name drop is like a brand new or like uh, Propagandi just announced, and they're nothing like Carly Rae Jepsen, but they wait like five years. I don't know how long it's been since Daisy came out, like seven or eight years for brand new. So, I mean, you got to just be patient with these artists and you got to just let them do their thing in order for them to create the, the best art. And I think that some of them, like there's bands like Bayside or like Silverstein who can put out like a pretty good to great album every two years, like on like command. And then there's other artists that you kind of just got to give them their time and you got to let them work and you got to let them write fucking uh, 50 to 200 songs to get their art from them. So I don't know. I, I, I want it to come, but I, I'm okay if it, if, if she takes her time, you know? Yeah, definitely. Well, is there anything you wanted to hit on that we missed? I think we covered it all. Um, yeah, I think people people will probably be like, oh, my God, can this guy stop talking about? <laughs> no, I doubt Sorry. that. Uh, but yeah, I think I think they get the point. Um, just go out, uh, listen to Emotion first and then just kind of go out from there. Listen to the bonus tracks. Listen to uh, Side B. Check out Kiss if you want. Check out, uh, Definitely check out the new single Cut to the Feeling. That's probably the best starting point, I would even say, is either Cut to the Feeling or Run Away With Me just in, to get your to get into her and just uh yeah keep supporting her she releases a new album check that out she goes on tour see her in your town just anything like that um and thank you so much for letting me gush for like an hour or however long it's been 45 minutes of course and (laughs) i definitely agree with what you said on sort of that order what i did when i was going back and listening to stuff this morning i basically went in reverse chronological order i started with the single because i was least familiar with that and then i went and did side B and then emotion. And then I got a few songs into kiss and I was like, okay, I think I have a good idea here. Yeah. Uh, That cut to the feeling like me and my friends have been playing it on a loop. I remember my friend Kelly, like got, we got in the car and we listened to that song, like all the way to like the mall or wherever we were going and, and back home for like a couple, for like a week straight. (laughs) She's just like, no, I just want to hear that song. (laughs) 
it's definitely like a song, song of the summer for, for us out here. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much, Mitchell, for coming back. Yeah, thank you to podcast Anytime. with me. So <laughs> I'll have to have you back on this one and we can, you know, go in depth on some more artists and movies, TV shows, whatever. We'll, sure. we'll figure it That'd out. Anyone who listens to this knows that I kind of am all over the place. So yeah. It's no surprise to them. Yeah. And to the listeners, as always, thank you all for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.